Welcome back. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. Super Bowl Sunday is here. Uh, and as I get into with this episode, I'm joined by my brother, Ricky, who is a huge Rams fan. So I know he is stoked and happy. Uh, talked to him and my brother, Corey, actually about a week ago. Um, and we were talking about the upcoming matchup between the Rams and the Bengals. And we also talk about, uh, since this is the first time I've been talking on the podcast since the Cowboys lost their wild card weekend game to the Niners, which was so disappointing. Uh, We we get into that and get an outsider uh, viewpoint since my brother's a Rams fan and what he thought about the Cowboys. Um, And we get into uh, this past uh, week, actually, actually a couple weeks ago, the Brian Flores uh, uh, class action lawsuit against the NFL, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the New York Giants. And just the craziness about that. Um, it, it's sad to me that we still have to deal with so many things. And it's, it's so frustrating, uh, especially in terms of what black coaches have to go through to, to even be considered. Uh, and so we get into that as well. And, you know, as always, talk about some random stuff. Um, still, still sounding a little different because I haven't been able to have my uh, my computer back yet. But hopefully, once I get it back, then we'll get back to the zero to one hundred podcast as as it should be. Uh, we'll probably have a season finale actually uh, closing out season three um, uh, of the zero to one hundred podcast um, probably next week. And then I'll take a little bit of a break uh, to gear up and then come back in March, uh, probably towards the end of March for season four of the Zero to 100 podcast. Uh, Big shout out. Thanks to everybody that's been listening and I appreciate it. Uh, So without further ado, uh, let's get into the Super Bowl. Man, I wish it was the Cowboys, but happy for my brother Ricky and at least it's somebody that I can enjoy watching. So, this is the Zero to 100 Podcast. Super Bowl! (laughs) This is the Zero to 100 Podcast. And sadly, uh, it's not a podcast about the Cowboys making it to the Super Bowl. But I do have representation of a Super Bowl participant. My brother Ricky is on, who's the Rams fan. What's up, Rick? Hey, what's up? And my brother, Corey. What's up, Corey? Hey. All right, Rick. So how are you feeling? It's the Rams versus the Bengals. Let's be honest, because I know when I was talking to you you throughout the season, did you even think the Rams were going to make the Super Bowl? Um, So in the beginning of the season, yes. I was like, uh, you know, we started off 3-0. We lost that one bad game to the Cardinals, but I'm like, whatever. Um, but then when we lost that three straight uh, to the Titans, Niners, and Packers, I was like, oh, no, nah, we're not going to make it. I only thought we were only going to win, like, maybe four more games the rest of the season. We won five, but whatever. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't really um, at that point. Earlier in the season, yes, but then after we lost those three straight, I was like, "Whatever, we're not, we're not going to do it." But uh, 
things just aligned well for us. Um, unfortunately, uh, I have to be honest. I, I knew, I knew out of so when it was that last game of the season, and we were playing the Niners, and I'm like. I knew we couldn't beat Green Bay, and that was really the only team I was worried about in the playoffs. Um, I was like, but if the Niners get in, I know that the Niners can beat Green Bay. So I was just like, whatever. If we got to play them, uh, if we got to let the Niners in, then that's what we got to do. And and basically, that's how it aligned. So it worked <laughs> out. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yo. that's, I guess that's the thing that ticks me off the most is that at first, when the Niners beat the Rams, I was pretty pumped because I was like, sweet, the, the Cowboys get a three seed, and that means that they win and they got to play Tampa Bay. And I felt really good about the Cowboys playing Tampa Bay. And, you know, I was like, they don't have to beat the Niners, but they don't have to play the Niners right away or whatever if they win. So, I, I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm so annoyed by that Cowboys 49ers game because it's, it just – the thing that frustrates me so much is that the Cowboys was playing so well on defense going towards the end of the season. And I just thought, like, I wasn't really worried about the defense. It was the offense that had me concerned. And uh, it's just sure enough. So, Corey, this is the first time – well, it's not the first time I didn't talk to you. As you know, I've been talking to you a bunch about it. But – what was the like we can bring it to the air since the last time we was on here we were talking about the Cowboys game. Were you how on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed were you? Um yeah, I was a, I was a ten because like you know, I, I I thought that they could beat the Niners and then you know they would get Tampa Bay. And, and I, I would have liked our chances against Tampa Bay also. So, so yeah, I, I was disappointed also because it was like, it was such a winnable game if, uh, you know, Dallas hadn't done some really dumb things. And so, um, yeah, it, I, I was a 10 on the disappointment scale. Like if they had lost in the divisional round to Tampa, I wouldn't have been as disappointed or if they had lost, in a conference championship to, mm-hmm. you know, presumably Green Bay. Um, but, you know, yeah, like I, I, I would have um, – I wouldn't have been as disappointed as, as losing in the first round in the game that um, they really shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. Was your disappointment how they lost or just the fact that they lost? What took it to a 10 is, is how they lost because yeah. – that's what it was for me. You it was know, like, I, I think, I, like I said to Schley going into the playoffs, I was like, in all honesty, I was like, I would have been really happy the Cowboys just made it to the conference championship game. Like, I was like, I wouldn't have been, like, if they got to the conference championship game and they lost to Green Bay or whatever, I wouldn't have been upset. But it's just the fact that they didn't get out the first round just ticks me off. And it was like I would have been mad. It would have been like an eight, but yeah, the way they lost pushed it to a ten because the whole time going into it, like I was very annoyed with how everybody was picking Dallas to be upset, and they was all like, oh, the 49ers is physical. That's a physical team, and they so physical and this and that." And I'm sitting there like they quarterback by Jimmy Garoppolo, and that dude's a bum. 
And I think their secondary is trash. So I just figured that was going to pick them apart. And it was just it, – it's like the way the game started was crazy to me because it was like the Niners went right down the field and scored, which didn't bother me that much because from what I've watched from the Cowboys, their defense starts off slow. Like they'll give up a score at the beginning of the game, but then after that they make adjustments and they lock them down. So when they scored at first, I was like, okay, all right, it's not a big deal. They scored. Now I just need the offense to match them. And then the offense immediately goes three and out. And I'm sitting there like, oh, crap. Okay, here we go. And then it took them to, like, the fourth quarter to get going. And that's the part that just – that yeah, that's what frustrates me. So, Rick, I remember I was talking to you, and you was like, we needed an outside perspective. I'm not going to turn this whole thing into the Cowboys. We're going to get back to the Super Bowl and the Rams. But from an outside perspective, what was your view? Did you watch the Cowboys-Niners game? Uh, I watched – pieces of it I'm not sure how much of it I watched I definitely feel like I at least watched the fourth quarter and a majority of the second half I think I saw pieces of the beginning I didn't see the whole game though but um definitely it was it was towards the end except then I had to I don't know what I was doing but I didn't see that last drive um mm. with the with the uh the draw player or whatever but <clears throat> Just from my outside perspective, um, and, and that, that I think I'd ask you this, but it's like, I feel like the problem with that is if he doesn't get rid of the ball quick, then that's where y'all have your issues. And it seems like he has a little bit of a slow release. So like Jared Goff, he has a wind up, you know, motion or whatever when he's throwing it. So a lot of times his release is a little slower. So then, you know, that leads to him taking more sacks or just being late on throws and stuff. But I, I don't know, just from my little bit of, because literally I think that was the only Cowboys game I watched this season for the most part. But um, does Dak have a slow release or? I, it... I don't necessarily think it's a slow release, but I do think he has, he, he, he processes it slower than I think he should especially when teams play coverage as opposed to blitzing them. And that, that was like kind of the thing that people mm -hmm. was pointing out that like when you blitz them, he had, I think he had the highest quarterback rating in the league when against the blitz. Um, and then it wasn't until the Denver game where Fangio just rushed forward and dropped everybody in coverage. And that's how teams started playing them after the Denver game. And it was actually, it was very similar to how teams was playing Kansas City, where they was just playing uh, two safeties high, and it was like rushing for and putting everybody else in coverage. But Kansas City made adjustments to it, and that's where I get on. That's why I blame Kellen more more than I blame Dak because Kansas City made adjustments to teams playing that kind of defense, and Dallas never did. Like Kellen Moore never figured out well, what do I do if a team is just rushing forward and not blitzing or, or doing this. And, and that was, I think that was a frustrating thing. What's your thoughts, Core, on Dex's release? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I don't know, like, how... Oh, you got muted, Corey. Hey, Corey, you got muted. 
Yeah, I don't you know. You got muted. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, you was, you was steady talking. I guess talking. I was just talking and, and mute. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Hello? Yeah, we can yeah, hear we you. Yeah, we can hear you. I'm unmuted. Can you hear us? You Can you hear us, Corey? Because we can hear okay. you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. No, I couldn't hear you for a second. I was talking. Um, but no, I think is the, the issue is uh, the play call and, and coaching stuff. Because, like, you know, if, if, if Dak struggles with, you know, passing against teams that, you know, show blitz and then do coverage, then it's on the coach to run against, you know, that kind of defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't always have their best players on the field. So, like, Dak was good enough. With everything around them, that I don't blame him uh, for the loss to the 49ers. I mean, that interception you threw was bad, but they still um, could have done some things differently from the coaches uh, that, you know, cost them the game. Because I, I think they would have won that game if they played Pollard more, Pollard, oh, had, yeah. if not more touches than Zeke. So it's like you can't blame Dak for that. Yeah, that's that was the other thing that annoyed me that in the first half when they scored their one touchdown in the first half, on that drive, Tony Pollard was the feature back. And yet that was the majority of the stuff that he got. He got six touches total. And most of it came on that drive, and yet they didn't go back to him. And I'm kind of like, Yeah, I don't get that. But all right, Rick. So on a on a scale of one to ten. Where's your confidence level for the Rams in the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm probably about a nine. Um, so it's maybe similar to when we played Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'll take that back. I was nah, – no, probably is similar to Tennessee. I was pretty confident when we played Tennessee. Uh, when we played the Patriots the first time – it was like a 10 out of 10. It was like a 12. <laughs> I was just like, like, because uh, I seriously thought we was like the greatest team ever that season. Um, but then when we played the Patriots the second time, I was probably about a six or a seven because I was just like, you know, just I thought we were the better team, which we really were. Golf just was bad and McVay was an idiot. Um, but then this time, I'm pretty much like a nine. The only thing that doesn't have me at a 10 is the fact that I just know, you never know what's going to happen. But um, we are much better than them. And uh, we just, we just shouldn't lose. The only way we'll lose is if like Stafford completely falls apart, which, you know, I don't think he will. Because the other thing is like Tennessee's offense doesn't scare me at all. Um, you mean Cincinnati? Yeah, I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's offense doesn't scare me at all because uh, our defensive line is going to destroy their offensive line because their offensive line is trash. I'm not worried about them running the ball. Joe Mixon is good, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to really, like, do enough damage with running the ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really not – I'm not overly concerned. It's just – I respect their defense, though, because they get turnovers. Mm -hmm. But I think part of the problem was, like, Tannehill is just Tannehill. 
and um, I think he made bad throws. And even then, they still almost won. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mahomes, I just feel like they blew that game and gave them that game, like completely gave them that game. So I feel like with all the crap we've been through leading up to it, so like us blowing the game against uh, the Niners and then almost blowing the game against the Bucks, and then coming back and beating the Niners, I feel like we've been through enough to know like we're the better team. We just need to hold it down and we'll win. Yeah, I, I'll. Um, I think I, I'm. I'm more confident in the Rams, but I don't know. It's just something about the Bengals that just seemed a little crazy to me that they're even there because they. I mean, yeah, Tannehill threw that game away, but it's almost it's almost similar to me with the Patriots when they played the Rams that second time. I mean, that first time because. If you look back mm-hmm. on it, like the Patriots even being there was kind of crazy because if uh, they had called that fumble that Brady had in the Raiders game a fumble instead of having the tuck rule, then they probably they wouldn't even have made it to the Super Bowl. And I look at the Bengals like versus the Raiders, they shouldn't have had a touchdown. Like they only beat them by four, but one of their touchdowns it shouldn't even have counted if the officials they called it right. So you like. I, I don't know, man. It's just kind of crazy. Plus, I, I'll say this: like I, I, I watched only maybe two Rams games all season, and one of them was the uh, the conference championship. Y'all, y'all need some linebackers because y'all ain't got no linebackers. Y'all linebackers are quite terrible. That's true, but I'm not worried. I'm not even worried about them exploiting it. Like our defensive line is going to destroy their offensive line. This is going to be absolute insanity in their backfield because, like, Von Miller is playing, like, at a high level. He, you know, started slow and then picked it up, and, like, the past few weeks he's been really good. And even, like, the Niners game. So, like, I think with the Niners game, the first half, we weren't getting a lot of pressure on them because um, what we normally do is we just wreak havoc in the backfield, and then, you know, as a result, like, you know, if their running back breaks through that first line or whatever, then it's like he gets more yardage or whatever. So we were slower to rush the quarterback in the first half, but then it was like as the second half progressed and it was like got to a point where they had to start passing the ball, that's when we was like, all right, let's turn it up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just with Cincinnati, I just just don't see how they're going to take advantage. Like, they tight end is like injured. He's not even that good anyway. He ain't no George Kittle. And then uh, the only receiver, I mean Jamar Chasen and Higgins. But I'm not, I'm not that worried. I think we got this. Uh, I'm just more so worried about their defense because they, they, they don't blitz a lot. They play mm-hmm. a lot of zone, and so I'm more worried about us or uh, Sean McVay being stupid. And just being determined or whatever to pass against the zone and not having success. Um, but I think I think the problem is that when we played uh, New England, golf just wasn't good at reading through all his progressions. So it's mm-hmm. like if it, he just threw it to the first read, no matter what. And it's like there would be people open, but he just would never progress to look at them. And so Stafford, I'll give him his credit. 
like he sees the field better. So he'll, you know, read the defense better to find the open man as opposed to what golf was doing when we played New England. What's your thoughts, Corey, on the, the matchup? Oh, but it was one thing. So, okay. like, how you said uh, Cincinnati basically got lucky against Oakland, I feel like you can only make it but so far winning these games, like, in the manner in which they won them. And um, I just think their luck has run out. And they're not going to beat us. That's basically it. Okay, Corey. I'm picking the Bengals. <laughs> Why are you picking the Bengals? Because they got uh, Joe Burrow, and I like their confidence. <laughs> and they seem like a team of destiny. And I was all prepared to be like, you know what, I really like the Bengals, but that defensive line is going to murder Bur Burrow. And, uh, and so that's why I was going to go with the Rams. But uh, Ricky is too confident, and I think <laughs> Stafford and McVay are going to throw the game away. <laughs> And the Bengals are going to win. That's fine. Because I like – it's crazy because a bunch of people are picking the Bengals. And I'm like, that's fine. Don't, don't believe in it. Like, the crazy part – hold on. Like, this playoffs or whatever is like – I just I, – I feel like the people that the media is picking aren't the people that are winning the games or whatever. And granted – Granted, the Bengals have made it this far, but it's like, yo, like, they literally have just gotten by by luck. Like, they got lucky that uh, Kansas City was stupid and wanted to um, go for a touchdown at the end of the first half instead of just kicking a field goal, because if they kicked a field goal, then they win. Or that Patrick Mahomes wanted to stand in the backfield and dance around at the end of the fourth quarter instead of just, like, trying to, like, actually legitimately get a touchdown and throw the ball away or whatever. So they didn't keep backing themselves up. Like, uh, I just don't see it. The only way they're going to beat us is if their defense shuts us down because I'm not, I'm not concerned about their offense. Like, our defense really hasn't had problems too much this season. Out, like, so this is the thing. If, if the game is close, like, by the end of the first quarter, like, we're going to win. If they're not blowing us out by the end of the first quarter or even at the end of the first half, like, there's no way they're going to win. I just don't see it. Because the only Jamar game we blew is going to be running touchdowns on your head. <laughs> nah, bro. Our secondary is too good. Our secondary is too Man, good. Jalen Williams overrated. Washed up Eric Weddle coming out of retirement. It don't matter. He, We don't even need him to play, like, pass defense. We just need him to stop the run. And then Taylor Rapp is back, so we good. It don't. We just need him to win game. Higgins going to be raining touchdowns down the middle of the field on your head. How and Burrow not going to be able to get the joint off because Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller are all going to be in the backfield the whole game because their offensive line is garbage. I'm going to say I I think I think initially like it's funny because initially I was like oh if the uh, I was like, the Chiefs make – I was like, I don't care if the Chiefs or the Bengals make it. I don't care if they win the Super Bowl. I'll be okay with it. I just didn't want the 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl. And so when – I was like, so if the Rams make it, whoever's there, I don't care who wins because I would be okay with it. But as – after the AOC Championship game and the way everybody is pumping up Burrow, I was like, uh, they pumping him up too much. I need the Rams to go in and win because – he need to calm down a little bit. Like he, they already making him the next Joe Montana. I'm like, slow down. But it's like, like literally though. Like, what his 
he really hasn't done anything though. They're just winning by luck. Like he hasn't gone out and destroyed any like okay, even though Stafford only passed the ball 17 times against the Cardinals, those 17 passes, like we completely destroyed them with those 17 passes. Like when we played Tampa Bay, Stafford destroyed Tampa Bay. We pretty much the game against the Niners, we should have beat them by more than we did. Like if the one dude didn't drop that touchdown in, in the end zone, it wouldn't, the game wouldn't even been close. Or if he didn't throw that pick at the end of the uh, of our uh, that that drive in the first quarter or whatever, like again, the game wouldn't have been close. So it's like Burrow, what has he done? If that now? Niners dude had caught the pick, y'all would have lost. Not necessarily though, because that's the other thing. Even if he had picked it, we were down 17-14 and there was still like 10 minutes left in the game. They wasn't moving the ball on us anymore. So it's like it would have been on the other half of the field. Maybe they get a field goal out of it, and now it's 20 to 14 or whatever. They wasn't scoring no touchdown. You so, don't know that. That might have been a momentum shift. I don't see it. I, I'll I, say this. I don't, I think I, I would say like I, I think the Bengals. I, I think they're resilient. I'm not going to sit there and say it's all like they definitely been getting lucky in terms of like that Raiders game. But for for me, for the Kansas City game, I felt like they won that because they was they was on the verge of getting blown out. And they just they hung in there and then they made plays when they had to. And like I actually do like Joe Burrow. I just wish people would pump the brakes a little bit on him. But he's he's made like in the in the conference championship game, I felt like he made some plays. I feel like he made more plays in that game than he did in the divisional round, and then the first, even in the first round versus the Raiders, because uh, like some of his scrambles, especially like that one scramble he had on third and seven where Chris Jones almost sacked him and he broke away, and he he scrambled and picked up the first down on third and seven. That was a big time play. In fact, I needed to be a big time play because I picked up the NFL <laughs> NFT moment. <laughs> so, so I got that. So yeah, that needs to go down in history. So maybe I don't know, I keep going back and forth because I, I like I honestly like Ricky is right though. Like the Rams, even if you look at it, just like the Rams have a much larger margin of error. Because um, mm-hmm. the the defensive line uh, up against a terrible offensive line, like the Bengals, everything got to go perfect for them to to win the game. But mm-hmm. I think the Rams can't. Like they could probably overcome the mistakes um, of their offense because it, it it should be a low scoring game. And then like you know, with the Rams, with the weapons that they have, and for whatever reason, Cooper Cup always being able to get open. Um, you know, like it, it, the Rams should win, but it, it's just one of them things, you know. I just yeah. he, he has superb footwork. Like, it's crazy because he's not super fast, but he knows. I don't know what he does. Like, it's just like the way he moves his body and the way he moves his feet and the control that he has, like, he'll yeah. like stop on a dime and that'll be, you know, the defender will rush past him and then he'll just keep going or whatever. Like, it's his ability to make yards after the catch, which is like crazy to me, or like how he gets space just with like the his footwork and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched like comparing him to Beckham, like the thing I'll say Beckham, Beckham has really good hands. Like he's catching virtually almost everything. And Cooper has good hands, but um 
But Beckham, once he catches it, he's either going like run it out of bounds or just run it. Like he don't, it's just something about the way the cup, he doesn't make a lot of movement. I saw, this, I saw this, uh, this video of Michael Parsons was talking about cup. Like they, um, they asked him, uh, who, who he likes to watch on offense or whatever. And he, uh, talk, he said Cooper cup and he was talking about, I guess when they practiced against him and how he, um, uh, some move on them where it was just like it, it totally surprised them and so like um but yeah so i mean it, other nfl players recognize like how big cup is and, and you know his ability to get open like it, it seems like it's defensive lapses but i guess the truth is this he's just that good to create the space mm -hmm. um, you know yeah like the the one uh the one the 70 yarder that we got against um Tampa Bay, that was just that was just bad defense or whatever. But then it was like the the catch, I think it was like the 20 yarder right before he caught the 44 yard joint uh to set up the field goal. It was like the way he just ran that route and made his defender fall it was just like dang yo, he got mm -hmm. he got he has exceptional footwork and route running capabilities. Like, but um either way. I appreciate the hate because we're going to beat the F out of the Bengals. <laughs> and I just can't wait because they just, their luck is run out and we're going to destroy these niggas. Like, it's just not, I just, I don't know. If, I don't know. So I, I, I have a hard time seeing us lose. It's funny because I was thinking about the last time I had John on and, or us together. And I think it was a New Year's John. And I had listened to that episode and I remember I was going off because I was like, them boys, them boys is back. Rick, your team is done. And I was sitting there saying, like, I, I, I take the blame on me, Corey, because I feel like every freaking prediction that I make on this, uh, on the podcast go opposite. Because, like, before they played the Broncos, I was like, they're going to smash the Broncos. And then the Broncos beat them. And then I was like, they, they going to the, uh, you know, then I was like, them boys, they doing it. And then they didn't do it at the end of the day. And I was like, the Rams ain't doing that. Now the Rams have made it to the Super Bowl. So let's go ahead and get some predictions. Rick, I'm sorry. I have, I'm predicting the Rams win. I think, <laughs> I think the Rams are going to win. I give it 31 to 21 Rams. I apologize if that messes y'all up, but I do think the Rams are going to win. What, what's your thoughts? Do you, uh, what's your score? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 27-13. I'm going to say 27-13. Corey? Uh, Bengals 19-16. Oh, my goodness. 19-16. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it's better luck because I'm telling you, man, I shouldn't have said nothing. I shouldn't have predicted nothing for the Cowboys because maybe we would have did it. Uh, all right, but before I let well, y'all go, the Super Bowl halftime is uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Are you excited for the Super Bowl halftime? Uh, when they first announced it, I was. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a good show. And then when they showed the little, like, the trailer for it, if mm -hmm. you will, I was like, wow. 
it's going to be a really good show. And then I was trying to figure out who's going to come out first, you know, who's going to come out, like the whole order of things. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a good show, and I think it's going to go down in history, and I think it might rival Michael Jackson's Super Bowl halftime performance. Mm-hmm. Corey? Um, I'm not excited. I think it's cool or whatever, I guess, that, you know, they have rappers and most of them are from L.A., but uh, no, I think they set the bar too high and it's going to end up uh, not uh, reaching those heights just because I don't think any of the people that they have are really known for their performances. Like, they got good songs and all of that, but you know, like if Busta Rhymes was performing at the halftime, I would be excited about that. But oh, the rest of Kendrick Lamar has pretty- really good stage presence. I think-, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be about the songs though, because it's like every mm. like they all have enough hits where there's no point where mm. someone's gonna be like, "All right, that was some bullshit, isn't it? Let me go get a drink or something." You know what I mean? Mm. I think people are just gonna be enjoying the music the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it is going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty pumped for it. I'm actually, like, again, I'm happy with the opponents that uh, or the matchup in the Super Bowl because I'm telling you right now, if the 49ers had made it, I, w- I wasn't watching it. I was I, I just couldn't do it. I, I yeah, just Niners, If it had been the Niners and Bengals, I really was going to think football was rigged at that point. Like, <laughs> I really was thinking it was rigged when Tampa Bay was trying to come back and we kept fumbling the ball. And I was just like, this is some bullshit, isn't it? Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to say, though, uh, I just don't know how to say this. Like, what, yo, the Cowboys need to win some. They, this is getting bad. This is getting <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up. I wasn't going to bring up the fact that the freaking Bengals then got back to a daggone Super Bowl before the Cowboys that they won four games a year before, and now they already got back to the Super Bowl. I wasn't even going to talk about that. I was like, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I follow a lot of different Cowboys fans on Twitter and stuff, and a lot of them was like, oh, I'm over it. I'm, I'm off of this, and you not sucking me back in. And I said the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'm just tired of it. I don't even care, because as long as Jerry Jones is alive, because me and Corey know, everybody be mad to us. Oh, they need to fire this dude. They need to fire that dude. We know the real problem is Jerry Jones. This dude yeah. has done something wrong. He done made somebody mad. And they, it's just, he, and plus he just does stupid stuff. He And he refuses to change how he is. So I was like, I'm you know, not on board. But he, then, has he put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor yet? Not yet. He said he was going to. He did say he was going to. We ain't gonna win until he do that. Well, maybe that's it. I, yeah. I'll say this. That's, that's gotta be it. That, that that's gotta be, be it. it. I was gonna say I was like I was off for the ship, but then I happened to see Michael Parsons win the fastest player at the Pro Bowl <laughs> skills. Then I saw Trayvon Diggs win the best catch at the skill, and then I heard Dak Prescott talk about how the loss was going to stay with him and he was going to eat. And then I, heard, I saw Dan Quinn's coming back. And so it's going to be reloading that defense. And then I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, now Dak Prescott fully healed from the, the leg injury and the calf because the calf was bothering him more than he thought. And I sat there and thought about it. I was like, you know what? 
And then I think Kellen Moore gonna get hired by the Dolphins. And I'm telling you right now, if that's the case, sons, the boys is coming back. I don't care. What is it? The boys ain't done. We, I'm back on board. I'm back on board. Kellen Moore is uh is vastly overrated. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I. Who's I don't know what it is. Kellen Moore. Oh yeah, Kellen Moore is vastly overrated. I, I don't disagree with that. But Dan Quinn is coming back. You said who? Dan Quinn. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? What do you what do you think will happen after next season? Well, here's the deal. The reality is if the Cowboys don't make it at least to the conference championship, like if they let's say they go 12 and 5 again and they get to like they win the division. Like, like I, I've already in my mind. I feel like they go win this division. That's not. Mm-hmm. I'm not even stressed about that. Yeah. If they go one and done again, I'm pretty certain Mike McCarthy's gonna get fired, and they go hire Sean Payton. But mm-hmm. my thought on it is, again, I kind of don't care who the coach is at this point because I actually like Mike McCarthy. Everybody else was killing him. I think Mike. McCarthy I don't hate him. I think he does some weird things, but I think he's okay. I don't think he's the problem. No, I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I just. I, I feel like I think they have the talent. I think it's there. But here's what they need to do. They need to let the coach be the coach because, for example, they benched Connor Williams because the dude was terrible and he was holding all the time. If he wasn't holding, he was getting blown up. And they was trying to sit Lyle Collins. But I, if you believe some of the, the chatter – Lyle Collins only got his job back because of the Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones interference. So I'm like, let's cut that crap. Let the coach coach. Like, Tony Pollard need to get the ball more than Zeke. I feel like Zeke got the ball because he's the highest paid running back and they was trying to get their money's worth, but it was clear as day that this dude wasn't 100% and Tony Pollard was the better running back down the stretch. So going into next year, I just – what I'm hoping for is that they focus on and giving players who are the actual playmakers on the team the ball, and then the defense just keep getting better because, you know, I, they got some decisions to make too because I don't know, like I keep hearing rumors about them uh, either trading Amari Cooper or cutting Demarcus Lawrence for cash, I mean, for uh, uh, for cap reasons. So I kind of – I kind of don't care if Cooper is going to be honest because he kind of ticked me off this year, especially mm-hmm. with his anti-vax crap. Uh, and and like I, I can literally point to this nigga and say you you cost us at least two games, possibly three. But mm-hmm. I'll say, what? you know, oh, no, go I, ahead. I would prefer them to keep. I would prefer them to keep Cooper and Lawrence. But if I had to lose one, I would rather lose Cooper before Demarcus Lawrence. Well, yeah, I feel like y'all could afford to lose Cooper because I feel like uh, one, y'all got Gallup and uh, CeeDee Lamb, and then I think Cedric Wilson is decent. And I don't think you necessarily need more than three, like, pretty good, capable receivers or whatever. So I think Cooper, you could afford to lose him if he could possibly bring something else back, even if it's, like, a late-round draft pick or something. Yeah, that's I think the challenge is because Gallup, is actually a free agent, but I think they can get him on the cheap because he's coming off of an ACL injury. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's and the one. Yeah. Cedric Wilson is also a free agent. 
But again, mm. I think they could get him on the cheap. So, mm. you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, they they're like they're gonna have to get lucky as long as Jerry Jones is still like running it. Where you know maybe they some freak stuff happens on the field or whatever. But um, yeah, if they don't make it, if if they don't make it to the divisional round. Uh, or, or at least win one game uh, in the playoffs because you know maybe they, they, you know get a buy or whatever. But yeah, if they lose the first game they play in the playoffs, McCarthy's getting fired and they go hire Sean Payton. Um, but that's not going to matter. I, I really think um, until Jimmy Johnson's name get up in the ring of honor, like that has to be it. I, I think, but you know it's crazy. Because I think you're right when you say they have to get lucky. Because I'm like, to be honest, like, this is our team. We're really not that good. Like, the Rams or whatever. This is definitely the worst team out of the teams that I rooted for that's made it to the Super Bowl. Like, they just they're, – they're not great on offense. They're not great on defense. They just do enough to win. Kind of on some, like, how the Patriots was or whatever. So it's like they're not like an all-time team. And it's like even the Bengals, like the Bengals, they're not really that impressive. They just lucked in there. Like at least with the Giants, when the Giants went, it was like, okay, their defensive line is like, you know, ridiculous. And so as long as their defensive line is playing well, they're always in every game. And that's why they won the Super Bowl. There's nothing that you can point to on the Bengals where you could be like, oh, okay, I can see how they got here, why they got here. So I think it's like it just it takes it takes a lot of luck. Because honestly, if we had played Green Bay, that was the only team I was worried about in the playoffs, and we probably would have lost. So thankfully, the Niners beat them, and they got those block field goals and block punts or whatever, and we were able to make it. This, um, it's yeah. funny that you say that because I was going to say because they were pointing out how this is the first time that the two uh, four seeds have made yeah. it to the Super Bowl to face off against each other. But let me ask you this, Rick. Are you going to be really, really disappointed if the Rams lose, especially with the way your team was built? Well, how y'all pretty much traded away every single draft pick and y'all don't have a first-round draft pick until 2024, I think. Actually, I think it might be later than that. But No, it's 2024. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Because the sad thing is, is I haven't considered us losing yet. <laughs> but... um. I'm trying to think. So, okay, definitely was depressed when we lost to the Patriots the first time. Like, definitely depressed. The second time, not as much. Um, I was sad, but it was just like we just got beat. And there wasn't much that we could do given the circumstance. Because, like, even though it was a, it, we only lost 13-3, we just never got into the game and it just was like, you know, whatever. Right. But it wasn't like the first time we lost because the first time we lost, I think we were like 16 point favorites or something insane like that. So, you know, it was, it was more upsetting, but this time I think I would be a little, I would be disappointed, but I wouldn't be that disappointed. But I think, I think it's because we weren't killing this whole season and honestly, I don't. I think we got lucky to be there too. Um, but I do know going forward, 
it's going to be tough. It'll be tough for us to get back. I think that when we lost to the Patriots, though, I was like, okay, we're mad young. And even though we didn't have, we still had traded a bunch of draft picks. I was just like, you know, our core is still young so we can get there. But now, you know, Aaron Donald's like 30. Um, Stafford is 33 and he's kind of wishy-washy at times. Cup is now a little older. We're probably going to get rid of Robert Woods. Who knows what we're going to do with Beckham? I'm pretty sure we're not going to resign him. So it'll be harder for us to get back. But I think it's the fact that I think we got there. We were lucky to be there is why I'm just not. I don't think it would hit me as hard. I'd be upset, but it probably would just take me a few weeks to get over it. Yeah, but I would. I have confidence more so in our front office to find a way to get us back. And that's that's why I don't think I would be as upset about it as I was when we lost to the Patriots the first time. Okay. All right, well, I appreciate you guys jumping on with me and us yeah. talking Super Bowl. I'll have y'all back afterwards. Uh, and then we could also talk about some other stuff. Uh, I just saw another trailer for the Batman. I'm kind of excited to see it, but at the same time, I don't like the fact that that movie is going to be three hours long. I'm, I'm, I'm not accepting that it's going to be three hours. I refuse to believe that that's the case. Um, but uh, I'm not that excited about it. My expectations well, are extremely low. Three hours is going to fly, kind of like in-game. Yeah. Nah, man. There, but there's no way this can be a first movie and yeah, make me want to watch it for three hours. That's what I said. Like I said to Shalai, I said that in game, I can sit through three hours because first of all, yeah. I was like, it's the culmination of all yeah. this stuff. So I said, you I've had been to get me three some hours. Movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm committed. Like yeah. this, this is your first one. I don't know yeah. what you're going to do. I'm That's not committed for three hours for this. Uh, but no, I was gonna say, are we gonna talk about the black head coaches and stuff? Or oh, we not yeah, really yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to nah, talk. About yeah, I do want to talk about the black head coaches. Thanks for bringing that up. So, uh, yeah, Brian Flores, the former coach of the Dolphins, um, he brought he brought up a civil lawsuit, uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry, not civil, a class action lawsuit against mm-hmm. the NFL, the Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Giants. And uh, one of the craziest things that came from it was a text message exchange he had with Bill Belichick, where Belichick was pretty much congratulating him for getting the Giants job when he hadn't even interviewed with the Giants. Like, his interview was two days away. And um, so Brian Flores was like, hey, thanks. I think I got a good shot. And then Belichick responded to him like, no, I'm hearing from Buffalo and New York. You're the guy. And he was like, so then that's when Brian Flores said to him, like, are you talking about talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? And then Belichick yeah. realized what he did. was like, oh, I messed up. And so yeah. that's the crazy thing from it. So it's like he went on this interview, and that's where you come into with the whole problem with the Rooney rule, which is it's sad to me that you have to have a rule where you have to interview black coaches, but at the same yeah. time, it's necessary because otherwise you're not going to hire black coaches. But the thing that ticks me off more than anything, and I, I felt this way even when Brian Flores got fired, was black coaches have to go, they have to be ridiculously exceptional. Yeah. And then even then, it's still not good enough. And then 
they never get another shot. Like white coaches yeah. do terrible, get fired. Adam Gates, who coached the Dolphins, was terrible. Got fired and immediately got a job the next day. Like, Pat Shermer. Like, yes. Pat Shermer, I don't know how anyone, why anyone gave him jobs. But it's like, he wasn't that good when he was the Rams offensive coordinator. I can't remember which job. I think, did he go, was it to the Browns right after that? It was either mm, Browns or Vikings. So. Either way. But it's like, he went right to another job was garbage there, got fired. Didn't the, didn't the Giants hire him as their head coach or something? Was he one of theirs or no? No, he was. I know his second job was either the Vikings or the Giants, and I don't remember which one. But either way, he's never been proven to be good. Like, you know how you got these offensive gurus or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to walk right. Like, North Turner when he was with the Cowboys. Yeah. Or, you know, like, um, Sean Payton when he was with the Cowboys. Like, it made sense. But it was like Pat Shermer, he never had a top offense. Why, and why are we yeah. giving him a job one? Why is he getting a second job? Like, it made no sense. Yeah. And then but, it's like, you look at um, David Culley for the uh, Houston Texans. He got yeah. one year. Now, granted, yeah. they was bad, but I will almost say you knew they were going to be He had no bad. chance. Exactly. And he only got a year. And it was a guy, who was, who was the name of the coach? of the Cardinals before Cliff Kingsbury took over, who only got one year. Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at, uh, because I forgot about him. I completely forgot about him. And and, yeah, no, because it's even like like Jim Caldwell, when he was in Detroit or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he coaches the the Colts to the Super Bowl. The Colts have a bad season because Peyton Manning gets injured or whatever, and then they fire him. And it's like, well, he had no chance because you didn't even have Peyton Manning. So, of course, they weren't going to be good. So they fire him, goes to Detroit, has two pretty good seasons or whatever because Detroit's been god-awful for God knows mm-hmm. how long, has one bad season because Matthew Stafford's injured, and they fire him. But they kept Mike Patricia for, like, three years or however long they had yep. him, and yep. he was garbage the whole time. Like, yep. the one coach, I'll admit, like, Hugh Jackson, and he tried That's to say they, they, they paid him. I'm like, bro. I'm sorry, like nah, you just that's wasn't good. Like you just that's all I was just about to say. Good. It was so funny. I was talking to Kenya and them earlier, and we were talking about that. And uh because Kenya was talking about, I told you these games was fixed. They be paying the coaches to lose. And I sat there, I was like, I don't think they do that all the time. I was like, Hugh Jackson, I was like, Hugh Jackson just tried to jump on on that bit. Said, yeah, I was being paid. And then yeah. he was like, he was being paid. He's like, well, it, I wasn't being paid. Like, he walked it back. It was like, yeah, I wasn't exactly. being paid, but I could tell that they wanted us to not be successful. I'm like, bro, you was just a terrible coach. I'm sorry. Like, you you were bad, Hugh Jackson. You were just a bad coach. And, and, and so, like, with, with Hugh Jackson, like, yeah, he was one, I think it was like, they just didn't have that good of a team, which was fine. It probably was like, whatever, we rebuilding. But then, two, it's like, you can luck yourself into like at least two to three wins yeah. in the season or whatever, right? But you was one in 31 over your first two years. You lucky they brought you back for that third year or whatever. But with Brian Flores, I completely 100% believe they was trying to pay him to lose more games. Yes. Because when, that, when they started that season, his first year, and they got destroyed by the Ravens, and then their second game, they got destroyed again. And they had traded like their good players for next to nothing. It was like, 
okay, they're obviously trying to lose, you know, as many games as they can. So I believe him. He had validity. Hugh Jackson, I just think he wasn't that good of a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's like it shows how good of a coach Brian Flores was because it's like they literally were trying to lose like every game. Yes. And he coached them to respectability yep. every year that they was there. Yep. Starting off one and seven this year. And granted, those seven straight wins they had was against nobodies, but it's hard to win seven straight games yes, regardless of who you're playing in the NFL. So especially when they could have just laid down at one and seven, yeah. you could be like, all right, man, I don't care. I'm done. But exactly. He coached them back to, to and the year before they was 10 and six, and they just missed the playoffs. They just yeah. missed the playoffs again this time. So that, that's the part that just it took me off. So Corey, from a legal standpoint, do you even feel like his his class action suit has a chance? Because it's it's very he said he said kind of thing. No, I mean like it's it's gonna be hard for him to actually win it. Um, it, it seems like you know his his best bet really would just be to you know try to force them into some kind of settlement because they don't want to get to discovery. Um, and you know have certain things on the record or whatever, but so it, it like I think it, there's a couple of things like him by himself. I don't think he can win it, but if some other coaches come forward and join or, or take part also, then that strengthens his case and, and makes it possible. Just because it's hard to you know prove racism or, or whatever. Um, if he gets some other people, other than you, Jackson, with him, he probably yeah. got a case. Because <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's like it's too many other variables or things or they things that they can point to. But it's just like um, I mean, it's clear that because uh, I, I took a, I took I actually took critical race theory when I was in law school. That was the first time it had ever been offered in my years of going to school, and and, uh, and so I took it. But one of the things that they had, and this was like oh. It had to be like 07, 06 or 07. And they had a thing in, in one of the books that we were reading about black coaches and how they get much less time um, to to win. Like they have to, like Ricky said, they have to be exceptional. And the minute that they're not, they, you know, they lose their job, but mediocre white coaches can get chance after chance. Um, so it, it, like, this isn't new. And, and that's, uh, I think the problem with it, and also just because like the NFL is, you know, technically a private organization where, you know, they don't have to, I guess, abide by the same rules as, you know, government uh, stuff. But it's going to be a tough case to prove, and I just hope that other coaches can come forward to support. Um, Because it's clear that, you know, the NFL has a racism problem. But, you know, as long as people are watching and all of that and they're making their money, you know, I don't think anything is going to change. They just will end up blackballing uh Brian Flores like they did Kaepernick. Yeah, and that's the thing that I'm that's the part that really ticks me off the most. And I I really do hope some more coaches join on to his his lawsuit. Like David Culley to me should definitely join on. And it is like if Brian Flores don't get a another job, I'm gonna be like this is ridiculous. Cause one to me he shouldn't have been fired. And then two it's like he's he's at the top of his game. Like he he was a good coordinator for New England. Yeah. Then he was a good head coach. Like he does not have a losing record as a coach, and he showed that he can build a good team. It's just 
man, it's, you know, it doesn't yeah. frustrate me because you clearly see it. You know what's going on. And it was almost like when they had the conversation about it on Fox and, um, you know, Michael Strahan was talking and, and Kirk Menefee and Jimmy Johnson. And at one point, like, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson was saying, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's the lack of black ownership and black GMs. You, you need to have more black owners than black GMs. And Kirk Menefee made the point, he said, well, why is it dependent upon the black person to hire the black person? Like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, mm-hmm. just hire the qualified people and stop having these sham interviews and stuff like that. Like, you know, Brian Ford was talking about his experience where he was interviewing for the Broncos, which is why he put him on the list. And John Elway and them showing up an hour late, clearly hung over, and then, like, not really giving him a legitimate shot. And, and then you turn around and hire Victor Angio, and you saw how that worked out. So it's just – Yeah, he was garbage. Yeah, it, it's just – like, that's the thing that just – I'm tired of it. Like, it's, it's, it's so – it's so frustrating. And, um, you know, like they was pointing, like I listen to the station now in Dallas a lot. And they were talking about like, cause you know, they was asking Jerry Jones about it. And he was saying, oh, you know, it, we trying to do better and we are making strides and it's going to happen. And they was pointing out, well, he could be like, the, let's just be real. The Cowboys is America's team for a reason. Like they're the most, uh, you know, profitable franchise. They're the most valued franchise. They're the most well-known football team. And Will McClay, like me and you, me and you, Corey, like we know Will McClay now. The reason why they had the talent they have is because of Will McClay. Like, even though he doesn't have the title of GM, he's pretty much the GM. And they were like, if Jerry really wanted to make a statement, step down, name Will McClay the GM, and then you have a black man being the GM of the most profitable sports team which would mm-hmm. signal to do other stuff and get more black people in the front offices and stuff. But you know he's not yeah. going to do it. So, yeah. it's, like that's the part that, that drives me crazy. And that that's something else like, you know, it's funny like we were talking about stuff that would make me happy and where I would feel like things would be different. That would make me feel better about the Cowboys knowing that yeah. Will McClay is a GM instead of Jerry Jones done behind, even though I know he's not really the GM anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I've I I hope I hope it works out, you know, with the case and everything. Um, like you guys said, I think if he gets more support, I think he'll be more successful. I think he definitely maybe the Broncos, they'll wiggle their way out of it. I think the Giants, it's like, nah, we all know y'all just BSing. Exactly. Like, that's think, the deal. The Giants, he got a good case versus them. Yeah. And I think the Dolphins, too, because it's like, yo, like, how do you fire that man? And the talent that y'all gave him to work with all three years or whatever he was there, it was – he ain't had no talent to work with, really. And, like, to make them as good as they were, like, you know, I, I like Alabama – but I knew Tua Tagalova, whatever his name is. I was like, yo, he's not no real NFL legitimate quarterback. Like, he's okay, but he wasn't no first-round draft pick. Like, um, and so it's like for him to be stuck with him and to do as well as he did with basically not having a real quarterback, like, I don't know. I just – he I, – I, I, I don't know how or why the Dolphins got rid of him. 
other than the fact that they, you know, yeah, no, they, yeah. I'll I say know. this. It was like watching, I, I watched, I think I watched more of Tua, like uh, Tua talking about Loa on the Monday night game where they was playing the Saints. And it was partially because it was the fantasy football playoffs and I was playing Corey and he had the Saints defense. And I was sitting there watching that game and Tua's pure garbage. And yeah. he almost cost me in the fantasy football playoffs because it was a couple of turnovers, turnovers he had that literally almost cost me. And I was just sitting yeah. there like, you garbage bum. And the fact that yeah. his like he couldn't do anything on offense. So it's like the fact that they could have had, in fact, because that's part of the issue. Like Brian Flores apparently wanted Justin Herbert, but mm-hmm. the owner and the GM was like, oh, Tua, it's Tua, Tua. So then mm-hmm. you stick over Tua and he wins in spite of his bum performance. And then you go go ahead and fire. Like that's, yeah. That's the crazy part to me is like, I'm not even a scout and I barely watch football at times. And I could tell Tua's not good. Like he's good enough in college to win you games because Alabama has so much talent elsewhere that it overcomes like the fact that he's not that great of a thrower and you know, so on. But it's like, man, like it's crazy how teams um, get caught up in just because they were good in college thinking that they're going to be like a, you know, a a great quarterback in the NFL or whatever. Well, well, I appreciate Corey had to run. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on Rick. I'll definitely have you back and we can talk about some other stuff and uh, we'll definitely talk about the Super Bowl. And yeah, hopefully the Rams win. Hopefully, we'll yeah. Hopefully, my uh, podcast predictions don't be the jinx, like the uh, like the Manning brothers broadcast. Did you see about the Manning curse? Like, nah, what they say with that? So it was every every player that current player that came on the Manning broadcast the very next week would lose. Like oh, it wow. didn't matter, and it was funny because it was like. They had like Josh Allen on, and then the very next week they lost to the Jaguars. They had like Matthew Stafford on, and then the very next week they I think that was the game where they lost to the Cardinals. So it was like every uh they had George, uh they had uh what's his name, Travis Kelsey on, and then the Chiefs lost to um I think it was the Chiefs. Who did they lose to? It was somebody that wasn't even that good. Yeah. I, but point is, it was like whoever they had on, and then like Aaron Rodgers was on at the towards the end of the season, and then you know, of course, he sat out, but the yeah, but they lost. The so it was like every current player that was on there, they ended up losing. So hopefully, my prediction of the Rams winning the Super Bowl won't be like the curse or whatever. But I, I think yeah. y'all got this. We'll see. Hopefully it works out. Um I usually I usually hold out in the back of my mind. I kind of feel like the level of confidence I have now is the level of confidence I had going against Tampa Bay. And I just didn't see how we was going to lose to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this works out and oh, we win against. Let me ask you, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this too, since you're in Japan. So I think the Super Bowl is going to be like six 30 Sunday night. What time is yeah. that for you? Uh, that'll be eight 30 on Monday and we have off of work, but I would have took off work anyway. Because it was the Super Bowl and the Rams is there. It's funny though, because like um 
because the season got pushed back a week this year, you know, normally the Super Bowl would have been tomorrow for us. So like mm. when we do our calendar and everything, everybody had tomorrow as the day off. And like, I was literally the only person, I think in all of Japan that was like, no, the Super Bowl is on it. Like I noticed it at the end of the season. Cause I was like, let me look at how this is going to line up. And mm -hmm. I'm always worried about not worried, but concerned about what days I'm going to have off or whatever. So I got to make sure. And so when I was looking at the calendar, I was like, this don't add up. Like we shouldn't, like the Super Bowl isn't on February 6th. It's on the, the 13th or whatever, which means we should have the 14th off and not the 7th. And so I had to tell all these people and they kept going, but and then they finally realized like a few weeks ago, like, oh yeah, he was right. It's next week or whatever. So <laughs> basically shows you the army and how stupid people are um, that I had to point out, you know, when the Super Bowl was, because they didn't know how to read the calendar right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. good luck, Rick. And I'll talk to you later. Tell the girls I said, hey. All right. Holler at you later. All right. Peace. Peace. That's going to do it for the Zero to 100 podcast. Big shout out and thanks to my brother, uh, Corey and Ricky, for joining me. Good luck to my brother, Rick. Hopefully, the predictions don't blow up. Because, man, uh, if I could go back, I would just take the Cowboys' predictions off. I'm not losing hope. If the Cincinnati Bengals can make it to a Super Bowl, I believe the Cowboys can make it. And I believe they will. So, I'm just going to keep on hoping in spite of uh, very much looking forward to the Super Bowl. It's my favorite sporting event, period. Like, it's not even close. And I'm just happy there's at least two teams in it that, in all honesty, I wouldn't be upset either way. Like, I would feel bad for my brother Ricky because it sucks to see a team in Super Bowl and not win. But um, overall, it's not the uh, it's not the end of the world. So, you know, I feel for him. But I think I, I think anyway, I think the Rams are gonna win. I'll just say that. Um, but I'm not going to be upset regardless. But I do think the Rams are going to win because I just don't see how Cincinnati's offensive line is going to be able to hold up to um, to them. I just don't. It's just crazy to me. Um, so I'll be back to talk about the commercials, the game. Um, I mean, it's it's just an awesome event. Super Bowl, oh, oh, it's so fun to watch. And that's why it hurts so bad when the Cowboys don't make it because – I don't even know if I could adequately keep myself together if the Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl again. And that's, I'm so spoiled because when I got sports consciousness and I finally started to understand football and understand the game when I was a teenager, I got to see the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. And I remember the feeling, like, oh, it's so cool there in the Super Bowl. And, and that in and of itself, when they beat the 49ers, was cool enough just to see them there. And so for them to win the way they did where they blew out the Buffalo Bills and then, you know, I remember I said to my dad, I was like, oh, it's so cool watching the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I wish they could do it again, but oh, well, at least I got to see them win it once. And so then for them to go right back the very next year and win the Super Bowl again, it was just like, this is so awesome. They went right back to the Super Bowl. They won. I can't believe this. And then... That was like my very first soul-crushing sports loss when they lost to the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. 
But it was like, oh, they were so close. They should have won three in a row. But then to come back the very next year and win again, it's just to get to see my, my team win three Super Bowls in four years. It's just, it was so epic. It was so awesome. And I just want to feel that feeling again because, oh man, Patriots fans are spoiled. It makes me sick that, but that's what I want. Like they didn't win it every year, but they was in the mix every year. And that's why I would be like, as as frustrating, like a lot of Cowboys fans are like, oh, this season was a waste. It was terrible. I will take the results of what happened this season as opposed to the season before where Dak broke his ankle and was gone for the entire year and you knew the team was going to suck and every game was awful and the defense was awful and there was no hope whatsoever. I will take going, like, winning 12 games and getting a home playoff game and I will take that over the previous season all day long. Now, I, I want them to not be one and done. I would like them to get to conference championship games and have a chance to play in the Super Bowl, but... Man, look, it's it's baby steps. It's all good. So uh, we'll see. But uh, let me know what you think. Uh, join the conversation. Email the show at zero to one hundred pod at gmail.com. That's the number zero t o one hundred p o d at gmail.com. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at wcw poet. Uh, can't wait to talk about this game. It's been the Zero to 100 Podcast. We out.